0: Section sixteen of the Natural History, volume four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Abe Neiman. The Natural History, volume four, by Pliny the Elder. Translated by John Bostock and Henry Thomas Riley section sixteen chapter thirty six how grapes are protected from the ravages of insects stays too should be given to the vine for it to take hold of and climb upwards if they are taller than it espaliers for vines of a high quality should be cut it is said at the cincatria and when it is intended to keep the grapes while the moon is on the wane We are assured, moreover, that those which are cut at the change of the moon are exempt from the attacks of all insects. According to another system, it is said that vines should be pruned by night at full moon, and while it is in Leo, Scorpio, Sagittarius, or Taurus, and that, in general, they ought to be planted either when the moon is at full or on the increase. In Italy, ten workmen will suffice for one hundred of vineyard chapter thirty seven the diseases of trees having now treated sufficiently at length of the planting and cultivation of trees for we have already said enough of the palm and the cetesis when speaking of the exotic trees we shall proceed in order that nothing may be omitted to describe other details relative to their nature which are of considerable importance when taken in connection with all that proceeds trees we find are attacked by maladies and indeed what created thing is there that is exempt from these evils still however the affections of the forest trees it is said are not attended with danger to them and the only damage they receive is from hailstorms while they are budding and blossoming with the exception indeed of being nipped either by heat or cold blasts in unseasonable weather for frost when it comes at the proper times as we have already stated, is serviceable to them. Well, but, it will be said, is not the vine sometimes killed with cold? No doubt it is, and this it is through which we detect inherent faults in the soils, for it is only in a cold soil that the vine will die. Just in the same way, too, in winter we approve of cold, so long as it is the cold of the weather and not of the ground. is not the weakest trees too that are endangered in winter by frost but the larger ones when they are thus attacked it is the summit that dries away the first from the circumstance that the sap becomes frozen before it is able to arrive there some diseases of trees are common to them all while others again are peculiar to individual kinds worms are common to them all and so too is sideration with pains in the limbs which are productive of debility in the various parts thus do we apply the names of the maladies that prevail among mankind to those with which the plants are afflicted in the same way too we speak of their bodies being mutilated the eyes of the buds being burnt up with many other expressions of a similar nature it Is in accordance with the same phraseology that we say that trees are afflicted with hunger, or indigestion, both of which result from the comparative amount of sap that they contain, while some, again, are troubled with obesity, as in the case of all the resinous trees, which, when suffering from excessive fatness, are changed into a torch tree. When the roots, too, begin to wax fat, trees like animals are apt to perish from excess of fatness sometimes too a pestilence will prevail in certain classes of trees just as among men we see maladies attack at one time the slave class and at another the common people in cities or in the country as the case may be trees are more or less attacked by worms but still nearly all are subject to them in some degree and this the birds are able to detect by the hollow sound produced on tapping at the bark. These worms even have now begun to be looked upon as delicacies by epicures, and the large ones found in the robur are held in high esteem. They are known to us by the name of cosis and are even fed with meal in order to fatten them. But it is the pear, the apple, and the fig that are the most subject to their attacks, the trees that are bitter and odoriferous enjoying a comparative exemption from them of those which infest the fig some breed in the tree itself while others again are produced by the worm known as the serastes they all however equally assume the form of the serastes and emit a small shrill noise the service tree is infested too with a red hairy worm which kills it and the meddler when old is subject to a similar malady the disease known as sideration entirely depends upon the heavens and hence we may class under this head the ill effects produced by hailstorms, carbunculation and the damage caused by hoar-frosts when the approach of spring tempts the still tender roots to make their appearance and they venture to burst forth the malady attacks them and scorches up the eyes of the buds, filled as they are with their milky juices. This is what upon flowers they call charcoal blight. The consequences of hoar-frost to plants are even more dangerous still, for when it has once settled, it remains there in a frozen form, and there is never any wind to remove it seeing that it never prevails except in weather that is perfectly calm and serene sideration however properly so called is a certain heat and dryness that prevails at the rising of the dog star and owing to which grafts and young trees pine away and die the fig and the vine more particularly the olive also besides the worm to which it is equally subject with the fig is attacked by the measles or as some think fit to call it the fungus or platter is a sort of blast produced by the heat of the sun cato says that the red moss is also deleterious to the olive and excessive fertility too is often injurious to the vine and the olive scab is a malady common to all trees eruptions too and the attacks of a kind of snail that grows on the bark are diseases peculiar to the fig but not in all countries for there are some maladies that are prevalent in certain localities only in the same way that man is subject to diseases of the sinews so are the trees as well and like him in two different ways either the virulence of the disease manifests itself in the feet or what is the same thing the roots of the tree or else in the joints of the fingers or in other words the extremities of the branches that are most distant from the trunk the parts that are thus affected become dry and shrivel up the greeks have appropriate names by which to distinguish each of these affections in either case the first symptoms are that the tree is suffering from pain and the parts affected become emaciated and brittle then follows rapid consumption and ultimately death the juices being no longer able to enter the diseased parts, or, at all events, not circulating in them. The fig is more particularly liable to this disease, but the wild fig is exempt from all that we have hitherto mentioned. Scab is produced by viscous dews which fall after the rising of the virgiliae. But if they happen to fall copiously, they drench the tree, without making the bark rough, when the fig is thus attacked the fruit falls off while green and so too if there is too much rain the fig suffers also from a superfluity of moisture in the roots in addition to worms and sideration, the vine is subject to a peculiar disease of its own which attacks it in the joints and is produced from one of the three following causes either the destruction of the buds by stormy weather or else the fact as remarked by theophrastus that the tree when pruned has been cut with the incisions upwards or has been injured from want of skill in the cultivator all the injury that is afflicted in these various ways is felt by the tree in the joints more particularly it must be considered also as a species of sideration when the cold dews make the blossoms fall off and when the grapes harden before they have attained their proper size vines also become sickly when they are perished with cold and the eyes are frost-bitten just after they have been pruned heat too out of season is productive of similar results for everything is regulated according to a fixed order and certain determinate movements some maladies too originate in errors committed by the vine-dresser when they are tied too tight for instance as already mentioned or when in trenching round them the digger has struck them an unlucky blow or when in ploughing about them the roots have been strained through carelessness or the bark has been stripped from off the trunk sometimes too contusions are produced by the use of too blunt a to pruning-knife through all the causes thus enumerated the tree is rendered more sensitive to either cold or heat as every injurious influence from without is apt to concentrate in the wounds thus made the apple however is the most delicate of them all and more particularly the one that bears the sweetest fruit in some trees weakness induced by disease is productive of barrenness and does not kill the tree as in the pine, for instance, or the palm, when the top of the tree has been removed, for in such case the tree becomes barren, but does not die. Sometimes, too, the fruit itself is sickly, independently of the tree. For example, when there is a deficiency of rain, or of warmth, or of wind, at the periods at which they usually prevail, or when, on the other hand, they have prevailed in excess, for in such cases the fruit will either drop off, or else deteriorate but the worst thing of all that can befall the vine or the olive is to be pelted with heavy showers just when the tree is shedding its blossom for then the fruit is sure to fall off as well rain too is productive of the caterpillar a noxious insect that eats away the leaves and some of them the blossoms as well and this in the olive even as we find the case at miletus giving to the half-eaten tree a most loathsome appearance this pest is produced by the prevalence of a damp languid heat and if the sun should happen to shine after this with a more intense heat and burn them up this pest only gives place to another just as bad the aspect only of the evil being changed there is still one other affection that is peculiar to the olive and the vine known as the cobweb the fruit being enveloped in a web as it were and so stifled there are certain winds too that are particularly blighting to the olive and the vine, and also to other fruits as well. And then, besides, the fruits themselves, independently of the tree, are very worm eaten in some years the apple, pear, medlar, and pomegranate, for instance. In the olive, the presence of the worm may be productive of a twofold result. If it grows beneath the skin, it will destroy the fruit. But if it is in the stone, it will only gnaw it away, making the fruit all the larger. The prevalence of showers after the rising of Arcturus prevents them from breeding. But if the rains are accompanied with wind from the south, they will make their appearance in the ripe fruit even, which are then very apt to fall. This happens more particularly in moist, watery localities, and even if they do not fall, the olives that are so affected are good for nothing. There is a kind of fly, also, that is very troublesome to some fruit, acorns, and figs, for instance. It would appear that they breed from the juices secreted beneath the bark, which at this period are sweet. These trees, too, are generally in a disease state when this happens. There are certain temporary and local influences which cause instantaneous death to trees, but which cannot properly be termed diseases such for example as consumption blast or the noxious effects of some winds that are peculiar to certain localities of this last nature are the adabulus that prevails in apulia and the olympius of euboea this wind if it happens to blow about the winter solstice nips the tree with cold and shrivels it up to such a degree that no warmth of the sun can ever revive it Trees that are planted in valleys, or situate near the banks of rivers, are especially liable to these accidents, the vine more particularly, the olive, and the fig. When this has been the case, it may instantly be detected the moment the period for germination arrives, though in the olive somewhat later. With all of these trees, if the leaves fall off, it is a sign that they will recover but if such is not the case just when you would suppose that they have escaped uninjured they die sometimes however the leaves will become green again after being dry and shriveled other trees again in the northern regions pontus and phrygia for example suffer greatly from cold or frost in case they should continue for forty days after the winter solstice in these countries too as well as in other parts if a sharp frost or copious rain should happen to come on immediately after a fructification the fruit is killed in very few days even injuries inflicted by the hand of man are productive also of bad effects thus for instance pitch oil and grease if applied to trees and young ones more particularly are highly detrimental they may be killed also by removing a circular piece of the bark from around them with the exception indeed of the cork tree which is rather benefited than otherwise by the operation for the bark as it gradually thickens tends to stifle and suffocate the tree the andracly too receives no injury from it if care is taken not to cut the body of the tree in addition to this the cherry the lime and the vine shed their bark not that portion of it, indeed, which is essential to life, and grows next to the trunk, but the part that is thrown off, in proportion as the other grows beneath. In some trees, the bark is naturally full of fissures, the plane, for instance. In the linden, it will all but grow again when removed. Hence, in those trees, the bark of which admits of cicatrization, a mixture of clay and dung is employed by way of remedy, and sometimes with success in case excessive cold or heat does not immediately supervene in some trees again by the adoption of these methods death is only retarded the reber and the curcus, for example the season of the year has also its peculiar influences thus if the bark is removed from the fir and the pine while the sun is passing through taurus or gemini the period of their germination they will instantly die while in winter they will be able to withstand the injurious effects of it much longer the same is the case too with the holm oak the robur and the kirkus in the trees above mentioned it is only a narrow circular strip of bark that is removed no injurious effects will be perceptible but in the case of the weaker trees as well as those which grow in a thin soil the same operation if performed even on one side only will be sure to kill them the removal of the top of, in the pitch tree the cedar and the cypress is productive of a similar result for if it is either cut off or destroyed by fire the tree will not survive the same is the case too if they are bitten by the teeth of animals vero informs us too as we have already stated that the olive if only licked by a she-goat will be barren when thus injured some trees will die while in others the fruit becomes deteriorated the almond for instance the fruit of which changes from sweet to bitter in other cases again the tree is improved even such for instance as the pear known in chios as the phocian pear we have already mentioned certain trees also they are all the better for having the tops removed most trees perish when the trunk is split but we must accept the vine the apple the fig and the pomegranate others again will die if only a wound is inflicted the fig however as well as all the resinous trees is proof against such injury it is far from surprising that when the roots of a tree are cut death should be the result most of them perish however when not all the roots but only the larger ones and those which are more essential to life have been severed trees too will kill one another by their shade or the density of their foliage as also by the withdrawal of nourishment ivy by clinging to a tree will strangle it the mistletoe too is far from beneficial and the ctesis is killed by the plant to which the greeks have given the name of halomen it is the nature of some plants not to kill but to injure by the odour they emit or by the admixture of their juices such is the influence exercised by the radish and the laurel upon the vine for the vine may reasonably be looked upon as possessed of the sense of smell and affected by odours in a singular degree hence when it is near a noxious exhalation it will turn away and withdraw from it it was from his observation of this fact that androcytes borrowed the radish as his antidote for drunkenness recommending it to be eaten on such occasions the vine too abhors all collaworths and garden herbs and the hazel as well indeed it will become weak and ailing if they are not removed to a distance from it nitre alum warm sea-water and the shells of beans and fitches act as poisons on the vine chapter thirty eight prodigies connected with trees among the maladies which affect the various trees we may find room for portentous prodigies also for we find some trees that have never had a leaf upon them a vine and a pomegranate bearing fruit adhering to the trunk and not upon the shoots or branches a vine too that bore grapes but had no leaves and olives that have lost their leaves while the fruit remained upon the tree there are some marvels also connected with trees that are owing to accident an olive that was completely burnt has been known to revive and in boeotia some fig-trees that had been quite eaten away by locusts budded afresh trees too sometimes change their colour and turn from black to white this however must not always be looked upon as portentous and more particularly in the case of those which are grown from seed the white poplar too often becomes black some persons are of opinion also that the service tree if transplanted to a warmer locality will become barren but it is a prodigy no doubt when sweet fruits become sour or sour fruits sweet and when the wild fig becomes changed into the cultivated one or vice versa is sadly portentous too when the tree becomes deteriorated by the change and the cultivated olive changing into the wild and the white grape or fig becoming black such was the case also when upon the arrival of xerxes there a plane tree at laodice was transformed into an olive tree in such narratives as these the book written in greek by aristander abounds not to enter any further on so extended a subject and we have in latin the commentaries of c epitius in which we find it stated that trees have even been known to speak in the territory of cumi a tree and a very ominous presage it was sank into the earth shortly before the civil wars of pompeius magnus began leaving only a few of the branches protruding from the ground the sibylline books were accordingly consulted and it was found that a war of extermination was impending which would be attended with greater carnage the nearer it should approach the city of rome another kind of prodigy too is the springing up of a tree in some extraordinary and unusual place the head of a statue for instance or an altar or upon another tree even a fig tree shot forth from a laurel at cyzicus just before the siege of that city and so in like manner at Tralles, a palm issued from the pedestal of the statue of the dictator caesar at the period of his civil wars so too at rome in the capital there in the time of the wars against perseus a palm-tree grew from the head of the statue of jupiter a presage of impending victory and triumphs this palm however having been destroyed by a tempest a fig-tree sprang up in the very same place at the period of the lustration made by the censors m messala and c cassius a time at which according to piso an author of high authority all sense of shame had been utterly banished above all the prodigies however that have ever been heard of we ought to place the one that was seen in our own time at the period of the fall of the emperor nero in the territory of maracunum a plantation of olives belonging to vectius marcellus one of the principal members of the equestrian order bodily crossed the public highway while the fields that lay on the opposite side of the road passed over to supply the place which had been thus vacated by the olive yard chapter thirty treatment of the diseases of trees having set forth the various maladies by which trees are attacked it seems only proper to mention the most appropriate remedies as well some of these remedies may be applied to all kinds of trees in common while others again are peculiar to some only the methods that are common to them all are bearing the roots or moulding them up thus admitting the air or keeping it away as the case may be giving them water, or depriving them of it, refreshing them with the nutritious juices of manure, and lightening them of their burdens by pruning. The operation, too, of bleeding, as it were, is performed upon them by withdrawing their juices, and the bark is scraped all round to improve them. In the vine, the stock branches are sometimes lengthened out, and at other times repressed, the buds too are smooth and in a measure polished up in case the cold weather has made them rough and scaly these remedies are better suited to some kinds of trees and less so to others thus the cypress for instance has a dislike to water and manifests an aversion to manure spading round it pruning and indeed remedial operations of every kind nay was more it is killed by irrigation while, on the other hand, the vine and the pomegranate receive their principal nutriment from it. In the fig, again, the tree is nourished by watering, while the very same thing will make the fruit pine and die. The almond, too, if the ground is spaded about it, will lose its blossom. In the same way, too, there must be no digging about the roots of trees when newly grafted, or, indeed, until such time as they are sufficiently strong to bear. Many trees require that all superfluous burdens should be pruned away from them, just as we ourselves cut the nails and hair. Old trees are often cut down to the ground and then shoot up again from one of the suckers. This, however, is not the case with all of them, but only those the nature of which, as we have already stated, will admit of it. End of Section 16 Recording by Abe Neiman.